Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. You know when you're driving in Lansing and there's potholes everywhere and you hit them in your car? That moment happened with my son and I the other day and he was like, Dad, what was that? Run down houses debt increasing, climate's rough. It's kind of easy to get into a complaining state, wouldn't you say? To find yourself depressed and seeing pictures like this one with a house boarded up and where do we naturally gravitate towards? The good or the bad? The bad. It's so easy to see the bad. It's so easy to talk about how everything is so overpriced, but gas now. But then that probably would come with a comma that said this, only for a minute. Or that we shouldn't even be using gas anymore. You know, it's a conspiracy. They have electron, you know, electric cars that should be out. It's planned obsolescence. And it's just the spiral, the doom loop happens over and over. We're like on a hamster wheel, constantly complaining. We're going to look at a story today of two different perspectives on the same setting, the same canvas, the same landscape, the same backdrop. We're going to turn to Numbers 13. And in Numbers 13, this story, just to give you some uh, context for it, Moses, people have heard about Moses. Moses uh, is the individual that God used to lead his people out of Egypt from oppression and slavery and bondage. And so the team that Moses has, the people of Israel, are, are, have seen God work in radical ways. Parting Red Seas, plagues that come down to show that God is with them constantly providing for them, and that God's been speaking through Moses, and then eventually they're going to go to the promised land, this destination. So they have a vision for their life, that they're going somewhere. They have a leader, they have a team, and, 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 they're, and, they're, and they're traveling to this destination. And God told them that they would go there, and you'd think that'd be enough, right? So if you're on a team that God tells you you're going somewhere, and you see seas part, that's probably all the proof we need. Or is it? We find ourselves even skeptical. Well, if Jesus would just show up, if he's so real, why doesn't he just show up in the clouds and make himself known to everyone? Would they believe it? Look at the clouds. Isn't that enough to believe it? Look at the existence and all around. Romans teaches us that God proves himself real by all of creation. All of creation. So the people are prone to wander. The people are prone to see things bad. And even when they're on a route, they're on a destination, they're on a GPS path to the promised land, they still want to say things like this. Well, can't we go there first and just check it out? So it was never God's intention that they would just look at the region and then kind of report back, but that's exactly what happened. So God loved the people and he, and, he, and he made a provision for them to do that. So as we pick up the story, they're going to go spy out this land. In verse two, it says this, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. You could say, parentheses, Lansing. Which I am giving to the people of Israel. And then they pick a team, they get a roster, they get 12 individuals from 12 different tribes. They get 
people that are leading people. And so these people uh, are equipped and they're, 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 they're forward thinkers. They're, they're probably, you know, like uh, maybe soldier mindset. So it, we're not talking about just wimpy, scrawny team here. They pick a roster and then we pick it back up in verse 17. It says this, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is. And whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad. Good or bad. Find out what the land is. Is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? Is Lansing good or bad? That's where we're going to kind of think about and land today. And whether the cities that dwell in all in, in, in our camps or strongholds and whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Then in verse 31, I encourage you too to go uh, read the story in Numbers 13 and 14. The whole book is like a narrative. It takes a census and shows God's people wandering and then uh, getting punished for not, for not obeying always, and, and then finally uh, taking the promised land. So I encourage you to do that. And that's kind of where we're, uh, for time's sake, we're, we're grabbing the big chunks of 13 and 14 of how this applies. So somebody who was thinking that, that's speaking to you, that one person in the room. Uh, verse 31, then the men who had gone up with him said, so here's the report back. 12 men, here's what comes back from most of them. We are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land. And in the chapter, we actually learn that it's actually good land. It's flowing with milk and honey, and there's a lot of resources there, and there's a lot of potential. But they bring back a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it of great height. One way to see things is the bad report. 10 of the 12 people, they came back and they gave a bad report. So what they brought back to Moses was the bad report. We can't go. It's insurmountable. It's hard. It's going to be challenging. Negative, complaining, choosing to see the overwhelming magnitude of the work at hand the obstacles that they face and the fear, the comfort and how uh, their flesh probably started talking. They started to get discouraged and worried and they had the bad report. We think about Lansing. It's the eighth most violent city for a population under 200,000 people. It moved up like 40 something places. Schools are testing at an all time low. There's shootings in neighborhoods. There's stabbings even as recent as this week I just saw. You have the Capitol building and, and, that, and you have Snyder there right now, I mean, which is making national news, not in a positive way. The bad report, Lansing, the bad report. But the question we have to ask ourselves today, is this how God sees it? Why do we see it like that all too often? We can come in a setting like this and be like, oh yeah, it's good, it's good, God is good. Are we sure? Because 10 out of the 12 people brought back a bad report. Where would we be in the, in the course of history if our lives were written, where would we land the bad report more than likely? Unless something changes, unless we get a perspective shift. 
uh, there was, uh, I remember on Facebook, a lot of times I'll follow the uh, state journal when there's something really bad that happens and I pray and, and I, I'm really intrigued because um, it's kind of like a signal calling us to, to be involved, I feel. And, and I, I read the posts and the comments sometimes and sometimes I'm, I'm tempted to get online and start posting stuff. And I do like one controversial post a year. Uh, I don't know if I've done mine. I haven't done mine for 16. And, and I even say a disclaimer. Well, here's my one controversial post. It might increase, it might decrease, I'm not sure. But I've read this so many times about Lansing for the schools and for the shootings and the stabbings. And here's what I've read. I'm so glad I got out of that city. I'm so glad I took my babies out of this city. I'm so glad that we left that place. I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad. I've screenshotted it to keep his motivation, to keep us a reminder of how often we find ourselves, myself included, coming back with the bad report. That doesn't mean that there's not a time and a place to leave. It doesn't mean there's a time and place to send. But for most of us, when we look at this place, this region is ours. God has planted us here. The whole 517 with Lansing being a capital city right here, the city in front of our face, the Jerusalem. And so instead of seeing things as bad, I think what we actually find is that would be God's first desired spot in prospect list. That's why I love the gospel. When we see a house boarded up, it should constantly remind us that was exactly like us, broken, frail, confused, lost, and we needed somebody to come in and rehab the place, change us, redeem us, make us new, believe in what could be and what should be and what must be. So you got to flip the bad and you got to do a dab. You got to flip the bad and you got to do a dab. You got to dab on them. <laughs> Look, that's the first time I've ever dabbed. That'll be the last time I've ever dabbed. But now you've got a picture of what a dab is. I'm a dad. I'm not a dabber. <laughs> but you've got to flip it backwards. The bad report's got to go away. Numbers 13. Thank God there's two individuals that saw it differently. Same place, same setting. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well and able to overcome it. Caleb, boom, I love it. He's like, let's go. We got this place. Why? Because God. Same team, same people saw the place. Ten come back with the bad report. Two, Caleb and Joshua start believing something great. They start seeing something for more. And then in Numbers 14, they continue to give a good report. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to the congregation of the people of Israel, because the complainers, they continued. So he shows up right in the midst of it. They're crying, they're wailing. God is going to leave us here. It'd be better just to go back to slavery in Egypt where everything was fine. I'd rather just be on unemployment. Marvin's better. This is horrible. I got to work. This is crazy. And they just, and he says this, the land which we pass through to spy in it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, for the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. When we look at an obstacle, 
and we're consumed with our story, we'll always bring back the bad report because we'll choose the easiest path every time. Survival, it's human nature. Comfort, we will choose the path of least resistance. When we start to remember, though, it's his story for his glory, we'll look at things differently. We start to look at it through an eternal perspective. What's the most significant thing I can do for all of eternity? We think about it differently. Caleb and them gave us the good report and everything changed. Everything changed. Every single thing changed. And we have the option this morning to be like the 10 spies that brought back the bad report or to be like the two, Caleb and Joshua. I know where all of us want to land. We want to be people that see the good. We want to be people that see the potential and what's possible. And we're really going to break that down. And we have now uh, entered the good land. We, we live here and this land's been good and it's always going to be good. And, and since we've started the church now, uh, city life here, we, we are in it. And I want Zach to share a few words about that. Boop, boop. I, got, I got a loud voice there. Hello. The voice of the Lord. I came to Lansing in 2008, 2009. I went to high school at Waverly High School, graduated in 2012, believe it or not. I came back again a little bit later, and um, it was when I was deciding whether or not I wanted to move back to Lansing. I had a lot of um, interesting, uh, we'll say that word, beliefs about the city. I grew up in Ann Arbor, and I was always comparing. I was, well, you know, the university is not as big or as fancy, and, you know, the food's not as good. And uh, I came back. And I stayed for about a week with Jerome, and we drove around the city. And in that drive, I went places that I didn't remember going when I lived here. It was, it was so unique. I had, a, had such a concave perspective on what the city was. I mean, we went to a restaurant I had never even been to. My only experience was like, okay, cool, Fazoli's, you know, and, and, and you know, McDonald's. Like that's, like, that's like a night out. But we went to, like, Soup Spoon Cafe, and I had a meal that reminded me of when I had eaten in, like, like somewhere else. And it began to say something to me. I thought about the city. Lansing's not the fanciest. It's not the best looking. It doesn't have the tallest buildings. It doesn't have any professional sports teams, but it does have something that's unique. It has the role of leader. We're in the capital city. And what makes that significant is that it could be Grand Rapids or it could be Detroit. It could be other places, but for some reason, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but for some reason in the heart of God, it was in his plan to appoint Lansing as the capital city. And I think that says something. And I got this picture when we were driving around. Um, it, was, it was like a setting. I know there's some uh, married women in the room. Any married women? Let me see you wave that ring real quick. I had this picture. Crystal, I should be hearing you shout. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, but, yes. like, I was just waiting for something. Anything really? Like, no, that thing, that thing does bling. I, I've, it's like blinded me a couple You're times. Like, there's my boo. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I had this picture in my head and in my heart of of Lansing as the setting. Um, what use is a diamond to an engaged woman if not for the setting? Was she gonna put it in her pocket and put it on a nightstand every night? No, it needs a setting. Everything that has purpose has a foundation. And I think that there's something foundational happening in this city. And that was the picture or the image I felt like the Lord gave me that Lansing is the setting for something beautiful. 
setting the stage for something beautiful. One particular example is I was at uh, uh, an elementary school. We do volunteer. We, uh, we help out with lunches. And um, I was there. I was out, we were outside, and I was hanging out with the kids. And um, all of a sudden, I look over, and there is this brawl happening. I mean, it's like kindergartners, first graders, second graders, max. And I'm just looking from a distance like, oh, my goodness. It's like multiple kids. So I run over. And I stand there in front of them, and there's two kids. I mean, they're, I've never seen kids fight like this. Like, I'm trying to, you know, understate it, but it's real. I mean, hitting. And so I stop them. I pull them apart. I say, hey. And they both look at me like this. They're like, oh, my God, I'm getting in trouble. Dang it. I shouldn't have found this. And I said, you're awesome. And they were stunned. They literally didn't know what to say. They're like, I'm, I'm awesome. I was just fighting. I was like, yes, you're awesome. I was like, you're so cool. You don't have to fight. Cool kids don't fight each other. Cool kids have friends. And I just go on and I just pull out the champion inside of them. I, I was just thinking for one time, for one opportunity in all of their lives, they've, if they've done negative things, I'm, I'm sure the track record shows it's either spanking, grounded, principal's office, anything, name it. No reward system. And I thought, what if I extended grace in the moment? What if I said, what if I called out the champion in the moment? What if I saw them as beautiful and not as troublemakers, as brawlers? Because that's what we do. We label them right away. Like, oh, yep, that's so-and-so's fighting again. And I felt like the Lord challenged me to, to see it, to begin to see. And um, I want to know what we see in this room. What do we see? Thank you. It's awesome. Come on. It's good. The good report. The good report is this. We, we, we have been in the city. We're in the city. For many of us, we lived here or we, we've moved here or different places or even some of us, we drive from some of the rural areas and that's awesome. It's the whole region when we say the city. We mean the 517. And some of the things we've had the opportunity to do is we've tied shoes. We've learned names. We've encouraged teachers. We've moved closer to people. We've prayed for people that aren't prayed for much. We've become friends with people who need love. We go to local basketball games. We go downtown and we support art. We've learned the differences in each other. We've visited people in the hospital, we've blessed the birth of babies, and we've also performed funeral service for those that have entered eternity. We've seen over 35 people baptized. We've seen fights broken up. We've seen kids cry when we told them we loved them. We painted benches, doors, swept floors, hung signs, and we've done all this because we believe that it's good and that we've chose the good report not the bad report. And that choice is here for all of us. The temptation is to see the problem and run further. The temptation that we have to bury is we have to start dabbing. We got to run to the problem. Be a fire extinguisher. Anyone can change. People can change. And you're right. Some do drugs, you're right, many swear. You're right, kids don't have, how are they, they, some of them don't even know how to put their shoes on the right feet. Some don't have socks in the middle of winter. In fact, many. You're right, but it's still good. It's all about how we see it. The land is right for the taking. Romans 8, 28, it says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Here's the big case this morning. Here's, the premise has to be built on something. 
If we wanna build on something, we gotta have a foundation and here's the why. Here's the why. If you're a note taker, you wanna know this one. The why is, is, is several points and it starts with this, that all are made in the image and likeness of God. The Imago Dei, every single person bears the image of God, no matter if they're a believer or not, no matter if they know Jesus yet or not, every single person is precious to God. That has to be a rock for us. That has to be a monumental pillar as we build something as we continue to build upon what the Lord's doing. All people have the opportunity to change in God. It has to be a fundamental belief and that God created everything and it's good. Of course, there's bad news that we have to repent and change, but people will never repent if they don't see another rock, which is it's God's goodness that leads people to repentance. It's God's love, not shame and condemnation. And guilt, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The presence comes to you, Jeremiah 29, that we are the salt and the life. We seek the welfare of the city. We bloom and blossom there because we're not scared. We realize the fundamental exclamation point to Numbers 13. They had Jesus, they had, or they had the spirit with them through an ark and in the leadership and God would show up and, and they would fight wars and different things to prove God's glory of what God was doing. But there was a greater story going on and it would eventually point to Jesus. Even Joshua's name, salvation, Jesus. So Jesus is the fulfilling promise. And in Matthew 28, this is where we all can land on this thing. And maybe you're sitting here like, why would I ever put my hope in the Bible? I don't even understand this thing. I believe that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you this whole time. And you know that there's this hole in your heart and you feel something to this, something to Jesus. Maybe not church, maybe not religion, but Jesus. Consider these words that he leaves us with in Matthew 28. He says this, and Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The fundamental premise, all authority on earth and heaven is Jesus's. He won it. And he promises to be with us everywhere. So therefore, there's no place that we go that he's not with us. There's no place that's not good. We aren't afraid of any place because we believe that there's life and that there's light that can resurrect and that there can be a rehab and there can be a new canvas painted on people's lives, period. So which report will we receive today? The bad or the good one? In Numbers 14, the complainers, they had a loud cry. And they said, man, it would have been better just to die in Egypt than to die here in the wilderness. Well, here's what happens in 22. They get punished. They don't even get to go. In fact, they die before they ever get to go. Everyone who reported bad, they, they didn't get to go. They died. And that's been a pattern throughout all of God's narrative is that the people that aren't believing God, the key isn't whether we have strength. God takes a bunch of misfits for all of the course of history. The key is whether they believe and trust his strength or if they live in fear and the comfort, they want to turn back. But Caleb gets to go. In 24, he has a different spirit and he gets to possess it. So Caleb and Joshua, they get to go. In verse 36, the men 
whom Moses sent out to spy the land, they returned and they made the congregation grumble against him by bringing a bad report about the land. And the men who brought a bad report of the land died in the plague before the Lord of those men who went to spy out the land. Only Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb remained. This is how the Lord's been challenging us on Vision Sunday. He's been challenging us to uh, receive his report for Lansing and people. Was it, it's that it's good. This whole year, we're choosing to just see everything as good. I can complain with the best of them, so if you, if you want to do that, we can. Just to prove a point. Sometimes, you know, that people that got really tough stories, they need you to check them with the tough story too. I don't have the toughest story in the world, but I got, a, I got one that I can... I can go pound for pound with some people, most people. And, um, and it does something like in a weird way. They're like, it makes them feel kind of like, oh yeah, man, you get it, you relate. Okay, can we just all understand we all relate in this place? And what we're saying is this, this isn't my vision. This isn't um, just the team's vision. We believe this is God's heart and his beat for the city. And this is our, and this is something that we have to grab onto. This is an us thing. And God's just using this as a megaphone to communicate his heart, that it is good, period. And that we can choose to see things differently because we can tap into how he sees it. He is the source. He is the strength. And therefore we have power from high. Some of the... um, the words that we, uh, that really been, I guess, just beating the drum in our heart is that it's good and to, that we would be accused to be a friend of sinners of which I led the way. And what we mean by that is some people can say, oh, well, you guys are friends with sinners. Are you just being like them? It's, come on, like, that's what Jesus got accused of. So if there's people that n- normally a church would be a little scared of. Maybe it's, you know, like strippers or, or some type of drug place. Like, wouldn't that be the place that we would want to take more risks and get closer and love more? And that shouldn't, that shouldn't, oh my God, some people are like, same for me, this is crazy. This Sunday morning, whoo, I just wanted to see the vision. I just was, I saw the marketing online. I like the videos. They're kind of cool, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older, so I can't really relate. He wears a jacket. He's got these, you know, Jordan shoes on. You do relate, God brought you here all ages, all races. doesn't matter where you're at. It's going to take us all because we all have the secret weapon. The secret weapon is not whether you can dress cool or you can record a video. The secret weapon is the love of God. It is. It's the love. It's believing. And it's to have vision beyond your present reality. If the people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble over themselves, the message says. Helen Keller says this, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. I pray that there's vision for our life today that quit seeing our lives as that broken house, quit seeing our lives as the bad report, all the times we failed and start seeing the good report for our lives in the city and this region. Steve, Steve Jobs said, if you're working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you, pulls you. God's heart should pull us closer. And the key, the major key to everything The currency of it all is faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received the commendation. By faith, we understand that we, that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Faith, that's it. 
faith. It's going to take faith. It's a muscle. You got to exercise it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. Sometimes there might be some F-bombs in your car, and I'm not talking about forgiveness. It's all about timing. We're all following something. So what's the vision? This year is good. And some of the things that we're going to be doing um, to, to, to kind of stamp and solidify that and to really put action. So if you put the cart before the horse, we're in trouble. But at the same time, we do need to walk where the Lord is telling us, fueled by grace. So that's, that's, that's key to understand, that grace has stepped in. We didn't deserve it. And that now we're compelled to, to do something about it. We're compelled to start changing things. And some of the things we want to have happen here um, as we share the vision for 2016 and even beyond. And I was so inspired when Pastor Brad Leach out of City Life Philly, he texted me and he said this, cast the vision the same way you received it. Don't be shy. Just because it hasn't all come to pass yet doesn't mean it wasn't real. That's what we're going to do today. So some of the things that we want to see this year is that everybody, when they hear the name City Life, and we didn't name it a church, so let me, let me say why. We're not City Life Church. We're City Life Lansing. And we would maybe feel more comfortable with the word ecclesia, which is the original form used for a gathering of people that were on mission or, or you know, a cause or that shared a common belief or, and that family and unity. And then church actually started to be associated with a location, or a, uh, a building, a structure. What do people say, right? Like, I'm going to church. How can people go to just, you are it, right? I've been using this analogy. I'm five foot six and white. I didn't need to tell you that. You figured it out, right? I got an overbite and some weird ears. I mean, it's, that, it's just true. I didn't need to tell you that. Well, I don't need to tell you. Well, we, you need to feel it. City life. If you can't feel life, then you don't feel our brand. You don't feel us. You're not feeling what we're about. And maybe then we should change something. The vision is that people would feel it six days a week, not just one hour a week, that we would go to people. And the best compliments we get was, man, I, this is how a lot of people start the conversation out with. You know, um, I had some family members. They, they were into religion. You know, I'm not really into religion at all. I'm not religious. I'm not religious. But you guys, you guys are kind of nice and, and I'm not sure, but whatever you're doing, I really like it. But, but again, I'm not religious. And uh, I'm like, that's cool. Either are we. By what the definition is. By what they believe. By the definition itself, there's nothing wrong with the term religion, but what we believe it to be and what we believe church to be can actually be so harmful to people sometimes. So we want to be a place and a community of people that are for those that, that, that Jesus uh, hasn't got a hold of yet and they haven't met him and they haven't felt him yet. Uh, next month, we're going to do a series called Streetlights. And it's going through a book of the Bible and unpacking it in a way that's illustrative. Uh, it has poetry and it has uh, music content that goes along with it and video. And that's going to be exciting. And a huge push is going to be, is it the Easter bunny or is it Jesus for Easter? And so we're going to turn this place into something huge, a huge Easter egg hunt, uh, games, excitement. And we're going to need many of you. So you're going to run a little station and you'll be hanging out with somebody that doesn't look like you. And you'll just have the secret weapon in your back pocket, which is love. 
and you'll be showing love and you won't have to always speak the same way as somebody else. And that is going to fuel what is our heartbeat for everything, which is community, common unity together in Jesus. And that no one would be an orphan, that we would get rooted. So we're gonna launch root groups and we're gonna launch uh, people uh, having the opportunity to, to grow deeper so you don't have to live life alone. Life is so, uh, it's so much easier to live alone and it's so much harder when you live it alone. And we've been hurt. People have let us down. We don't agree with everyone. So everyone's different um, win looks differently. Someone's win looks like if you hung out with them and played video games for five hours. Another person's win looks like if you, if you just went to a game together. And then somebody else's win looks like if you wanted to talk negative about uh, you know, a show you saw on TV. And everyone's win is different. But in Christ, our win should look like this. Love, unity, trying to learn his word. So that's how different people can come together with common unity in him. But if he's not the focus, then we're gonna lose something. And so when he becomes the focus and we get rooted in him, we all can express ourselves as we want. And he starts to change the way we see stuff. It's really, really cool. So groups are more than groups. It's a lifestyle. And that's going to be happening right after April. And um, yeah. And then we're going to do a series on the other four-letter swear word in June. And that's work. We see it as bad. We do. But it's good. You think God didn't have a plan for where we would spend 40 to 70 hours of our, our life? Come on. He has a lot to say about it. Work. And then this summer is going to be um, love the city and us just really engage in that. I want Zach to share a couple words here. Yeah, real that. quick on that. Love the city. Uh, Jeremiah 29, we opened up with that. It was one of our major passages, the launch of this church, Jeremiah 29, that we would seek the welfare of the city. And I want to talk about practically for each of us seeking the welfare of the city. Um, each of us are in different sectors of our culture and our community. Some of us work in the government. Some of us work in the school system. Some of us work at GM. Some of us are all over the board. And um, to practically seek the welfare of the city and to invest in the city would be to shape culture. And the way that we see culture shaped is through music, through art, through other expressions. And, and one of the things that I feel like God is, is do doing in our church and this body is that there are people with giftings, various giftings that ranging from, from um, artistry, any sort of painting, sculpting, singing, dancing, coloring. Um, maybe you, you do arts and crafts. Maybe you have an Etsy page or Pinterest or something like that. I think that that is so profound. All of the most um, prolific civilizations throughout all of history have an expression of their culture. Everything. We know Romans for their art and for their whatever. And wh what will Lansing be known for? What will we be known for? We're more than GM here. We're more than Lugnut Stadium. There's something brewing in the hearts of people. I've seen it in the eyes of kids at schools. I see it in Kid City. There's something brewing. And this summer, I think, is going to be a profound opportunity for each of us to begin to tap into that reality. It starts today. But I, this summer specifically, I feel like there's, a, there's an appointed time where some of us are going to begin to ask questions that we did when we were kids. You know, it's, it's funny. Little kids, you don't have to teach them how to dance. They just do it. You don't have to teach them how to sing. They just do it. It's just in the hearts of human beings. What happens? What happened at 10 years old? What happened at 11 years old or in high school? You don't want to dance anymore? That's, in, that's insane. God is doing something in Lansing. 
and he's going to unlock people's hearts. And I just want to speak to that in this room today. If you got something brewing, let it out. So get prepared. Love the city. It's going to be epic. Love the city. So uh, the summer is going to be dedicated to rebuild, and then it's going to be dedicated to love the city. So the first week in August, we're going to be doing projects. We've already got $1,000 raised toward it from the Memorial Fund for my friend, and we're going to try to raise, just believe this for a second. Could we raise 20 grand the first week of August where we go pay for everyone's laundry in the city? We go pay for some groceries. We go build some decks. We go to every park in the town. We go put up some basketball hoops. And everybody can do that. Everyone can share a part in that. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing the first week in August. It's going to be really exciting to express it intangibly. Because love can look as simple as tying somebody's shoes. And you can be an artist at your job. I love this quote. Let, let the person who sweeps, sweeps, who sweeps streets, sweep streets in a way that Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel. Be an artist in your job. Unlock that. And then this fall, we're going to take significant ownership. And, and, and you know, a lot of times uh, we have a global focus in the body. And that's awesome how we can send people all across the world. But how about we send uh, also people in specific regions from proximity as block pastors that take ownership? Because they can't come here all week long and then that person can start to love them where they're at, have little events and we could buy a truck and we just hold concerts there, uh, cotton candy stations right there in their block and we're gonna launch and send block pastors in September. And then to close the year out, we're gonna do a stereotype series on race, gender, sex and then the holidays, we're gonna, do, we're gonna go diff. Diff. Live diff, be diff, give diff. Different. Be different. And that's City Life 2016. And it's going to be awesome. So as we close, I want to invite Tina to come up here and play some awesome things. You guys are familiar with Old Town, right? Old Town, I worked in in 1999. It was one of the worst places in uh, the city. But now it's one of the most desired places and everybody wants to go there and eat and it's cutting edge. What changed? It was there the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. The Lord's shown um, us and we believe this, that he's saying, look up. It's there the whole time. Look up the schools, the parks, the potholes. They're all there for a reason. And it's okay. It's good. It'll teach us things. It'll teach us patience. It'll... Sometimes the hurt, the suffering, it, it can glorify God even more. The tears can glorify God even more. And, and we each got one of these canvases as we walked in. And you think, well, what in the world am I going to do with this little, you know, inch by inch or two by, two by two canvas? And I took mine and I drew on it and I wrote the good report. And this signifies your life, your city, your workplace. And what's the stuff that's been written on your life? It's probably the bad report. Probably got some you know, plywood that's been nailed to you. And when you think about the city, you probably got some things that, some plywood that was nailed to your thoughts on the city. And God is saying, it's new. There's a blank canvas. How will you let me paint it through you? Will you live life in color? Will you choose to be somebody that is solution-minded? I used to say in business, the bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. So true with the body too. 
conflict and problems should be a thing that we feel equipped for, like a bat signal calling us that we come and we show love. Some of us got to hit the reset button on our life. We were driving um, uh, two weeks ago. We saw this huge fight. And we pulled over. We're hanging out. My kids are watching it. And it was pretty, pretty intense. And they didn't, uh, it didn't get too, it didn't get physical. But the, 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 just the verbal altercation was so intense, uh, not far from here. And we just, we stayed until it was over and just said, hey, we're here. Do you need anything for help? It's like, no, 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 you can leave. And every time I've been driving by the house, I've been waiting to see other uh, people and, uh, and just have an opportunity. Last week, saw them turned around, had no clue what I was going to say, no clue what I was going to do. And, and I, somebody blessed me with some money at church last week and did one of the pastor handshake things. And it was a blessing. And, but I was like, wow, we have something. And I don't say this to say I'm sweet. I say this because the temptation was to drive and the temptation was to think about the bad report, the fight that I saw. But I've been praying for an opportunity and we had an opportunity. So we turned around and, and, and I didn't know what we had. And then as soon as I turned around in faith, I started thinking, wow, we got money. I got download cards in my trunk. We popped the trunk and, uh, and, and, people looking at us weird and I pulled out some download cards and I grabbed some money and I said hey I'm so and so and I'm with City Life and I just want to let you know I was there when that fight was there a, a few weeks ago and you know kind of with shame like this like okay what are you going to say to me and I just said I, you know I just believe though that I saw that for a reason and that there's more and I just want to bless you today with this and here's a card and here's where we're at person just broke down and crying and said thank you so much I want to be a part of what you're doing um, thank you for seeing hope and and it just started dreaming again just started dreaming again just started dreaming again Jesus is the good report we start to commit to dead things coming alive we start to commit to be one of his agents if everybody would just bow their head and, and just reflect in your heart right now It's not about what we do, it's who we are. Are you somebody who complains all day long? Are we people that bring back the bad report? Well, good news, there's freedom today to make things new. And I want to pray with you. Um, if you're sick of uh, the bad report in your life and you're sick of seeing the bad report, just raise your hand as quick as you can. It's cool. I see hands. I, pray, I want to pray with you. It's all good. God sees those hands. He wants to hit the reset. You can put it back down. It's all good. And that's not something magical like you raise your hand, but, but here's what it does. There's something about committing and saying, I will rise. I'm on the team. God, see me. Take my hand. Take my life. I surrender. I can't do it. I need to see the good report. God, for those that wrote their hands and are looking for a new start, let them feel a kiss of heaven right now. A kiss of your grace. They would see the blank canvas. They would see their life in a new light. And each time that they are tempted to maybe be a pessimist, they would tap into your faith and see things how you see. There's opportunity. And if it's not good right now, then it's not the end because the ending is good. It's in heaven with God. I pray for those that need to put their faith in you. I pray that they would do that right now. 
and just say, Jesus, I need you. Take my life. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. And just begin the journey by faith and get rooted as a family. God, thank you for each person here and how they're knitted to this. Let people feel callings and inspiration and and, uh, new life right now. We pray this through you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.